0: We're going to start reading in verse number 1. Everybody there? Say glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I think we got 3 people there anyway. Glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> Jesse Duplantis said when he was taken. Huh? I said glory to God now. I'm sorry. Said when he was taken up to heaven, he said he When the angel was there with him and he said he looked and he saw heaven and he said glory to God. He said that angel said glory to God. And he said all over heaven said glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. He said you got to watch out what you say up here. (laughs) Because all heaven got right in tune with him. Verse number one starting. I beseech you therefore brethren And perfect will of God. Pray with me. Father, I ask that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we would know what's the hope of your calling. And what's the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. And what's the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe. According to the working of your mighty power which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. And ask that you'd grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth, the length, the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, so that we'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Holy Spirit, I ask you for divine utterance this morning. I ask that you would help me to communicate the heart of the Father to us, your people, and I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, there's something that I have been um, talking to us about Because there's something that I'm believing God for in this revival. I'm believing him for 10 times more. I want to see 10 times more power. I want to see 10 times more glory. But at the same time, there's something that God wants us to sow as a seed into it. And there's something that he's he's asking for us from our heart. And that is... It came to me like this. Ten times the dedication. Ten times the commitment. Ten times the hungering. Ten times the thirsting. Ten times the forgiveness. Ten times the mercy. Ten times the love. See, God wants to do. But he needs cooperation with us. In order for it to come to pass. When at 1138, just before New Year's, we're usually sleeping when it comes. We sleep the New Year in. this one, the second one. Okay. Excuse me. I told Sandy, I said, um, let's praise this new year in. So we just started off right then praising God. And we got over into that area to 10 times more because I really want to see God do some things and I really want to see God do some things in your lives I told people in Sunday school I want to see goose pimples this long, this big sticking off of your body but I want to see some things taking place in your heart because revelation of God is where breakthroughs take place and what happens is it causes you to break through some things. They're not just something that drops down on you. They're things that rise up and push and push you and propel you through something that you're dealing with. Amen. And here, this message this morning is, is going to interlap and tie into this. Because the Apostle Paul is saying something to the church that he wants us to grasp when he breaks out and starts out with words like, I beseech you, brethren, let me get your attention. I need, you to make you, I need to make you aware of this. You need to catch this with your heart. You don't just need to catch this with your intellect. You need to catch it with your heart and let your heart have an effect on your intellect. I beseech you by the mercies of God. Now one of the things that I want you to, to want us to see this morning is, when God is talking to us, and He's speaking things like this into our life, He's doing it through the eyes of mercy. Mercy is I'm not getting what I deserve. Mercy has intervened. A picture of this was preacher was listening to his gospel music and he was driving his car and got into his music and was getting all excited and praising God and goes into town and then it's a 20 mile an hour zone. Whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh. whoa, whoa. Police car pulls him over. The officer says, do you know you were going 35 in a 20 mile an hour zone? He said, Officer. He said, I don't know how far, how fast that I was going. I was listening to my gospel message and I was just getting blessed, or my gospel music and just getting blessed. He said, You're going to have to appear before the judge. When he got before the judge, and he said, The judge said, Do you know what you've been charged with? He said, Your Honor, he said, if this officer says that I was going 35 in a 20, I was probably going 35 in a 20. But I'm not asking for justice this morning. I'm asking for mercy. He didn't want what he deserved. He wanted mercy to intervene. God is here talking us today to us today. And if God is talking to us today, mercy is still being ushered out. It's still being delivered. There's a plate full, a pan full of it. When we're not hearing judgment, it opens the door. But as long as God is still speaking, mercy is still talking. And we as the hearers need to catch to get on the page with mercy while mercy is talking because God is a God of mercy and we need to catch the heart of mercy. But you know sometimes in our lives we, we have a tendency that we don't appreciate mercy when it comes our way. And sometimes we think that it's owed to us because We got mercy one time. Well, he'll just give me mercy again. In Sunday school, we were talking about the prodigal son that found himself in the pig pen because he was raised in the house of mercy, but he thought he had a better way than catching the father's heart where mercy comes from. And here, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul is saying, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. And mercy is speaking to us today because he's saying something to us that many times we in the church have a a way of compartmentalizing and putting it somewhere else other than where it needs to be. What I mean by that is this. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. And that's a foreign concept to many in the church and in the church world today. That God is looking for something and God needs something from us. And he says, this is one of the things that I want you to do. I want you to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Now, who's the emphasis on there, God or me? God's going to give me mercy, and he wants mercy to be working in my life, but there's something that David needs to do to pull it into alignment for it to take place in his life. And there's something that you have to do to pull it into alignment in your life. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, and God's got mercy to help you to do that, to pull that thing into alignment. But we've got to see our bodies as something that's precious in the sight of God. And a lot of times we think that we can do anything with our body, and it's just okay because it's my body. And I've got permission to do with my body what I want to do with my body. Just like the prodigal son had in his mind that it was okay for him to do whatever he wanted to do with his inheritance. But it wasn't long before his inheritance was wasted and he found himself in the pig pen. Now I'm talking to save people. And he's speaking something here that is paramount because when I, when I say this, your body is precious to God, but I want you to realize something about your body and about me, about my body. My body's been bought with a price. I don't own my body but there's something that God wants me to do with my body because now I've, he owns it. Why does he own it? Why does God own my body? He no, he don't own it because you, he made you. He redeemed. He redeemed us. He bought us back. We were in sin and degradation and walking away from God. He bought us back. We've been purchased with a price. There's been a payment that has been paid. It cost Jesus his blood for this body. Now he says, I want you to do something with your body. Nobody else can do this for your body. Only you can do it with your body. And what you do with your body is quite important because it can have an effect on the rest of your life. That's why he says, I beseech you by the mercies of God. This is mercy that's talking right now. Mercy that's expressing itself. I want you to do this. I need for you to do this. This is what's expected of you to do this. Present your body a living sacrifice. Well, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. I talked to a fellow one time, and he said he'd been in this, been in this conference, and he was so blessed. And he said, um, all of these people was in there worshiping God. And he said, I was walking to my car, and some of these Christian folks just about ran me over trying to get out of that parking lot as fast as they could. And he said, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. He said, it's not after dying for me that I'm after. It's I want you to live for me. See, God's after. He needs us to do his work, the things that's going to be accomplished in this hour in which we live. That's one of the reasons that he's making this here compelling argument. I want you, I need you, I beseech you by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. And there's only, see, this is one of the things in the 10 times more. I want 10 times more of your healing. I want 10 times more of your miracles. I want 10 times more of your anointing. I want 10 times more of your power. I want 10 times more of your glory, but I'm not willing to give you one part of me. And he says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your body. Because nobody else can present your body, only you can present your body. Don't allow your body to do something that you know that God is not pleased with. Don't let mercy get a black eye by the, by the way that we're conducting our life. Because God is calling us up, brothers and sisters. This is a revival getting ready, to, getting ready to take place. And a revival means something's taking place in us. Don't let a move of God take place in this house and move over you. Let it move in you. That we work in cooperation with God. And one of the things that he's saying to us right here is present your body. Lord, I want that power, but I, uh, I'm not real much in that consecration. Dish. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not willing to do this consecration thing. And when I talk, when I hear about this sacrifice, I really ain't into that stuff. But you're going to find out as you walk with God that he is going to continually speak to your heart. And he's going to ask you to give, thing, give of yourself so that you can receive of him. And sometimes the, some of the blessings that we want and the promises that we want are attached to those things. But mercy is calling. Mercy's got a voice and mercy is speaking. And he said, I beseech you. I beseech you, David, you present your body. You present your attitude. You present your feelings. You present your passions. You present your desires. Because you can't do that for me. Only I can do that for me. And God knows When it's half hearted and when it's whole hearted. Do you know when it's half hearted and when it's whole hearted? Absolutely. There ain't no mistaking it. You know exactly when it's a half hearted response and when it's a whole hearted response. And when I'm doing it, but I'm doing it with strings attached. You know, I hate for somebody to give me something with strings attached. Don't you? Because they weren't giving me nothing. All they was wanting was a favor. I was being used in the process. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God. Mercy's talking. Mercy's talking. Present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now... If this is my reasonable service, do you think God is asking something of me that's unreasonable? See, this is a picture that's got to be corrected because if we've got the viewpoint that we're serving an unreasonable God, then we will be one of the first to line up and say, well, I'm not doing that. You might not say it with your mouth, but you'll say it with your actions because if you believe that God is unreasonable, there's some things that needs to be corrected because there's something that happens in the next verse of scripture that's gonna start at work. And he says, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now here's the picture that I have of the be not conformed to this world. This world has a way, and there's metals that are shaped in certain positions because of pressure. In the automobile, automobile industry, they have presses, and in a lot of other industry and in manufacturing, they have presses, and what these presses do, they have the shape of one part and a shape of another part that mates it and they run a piece of metal in between it and it comes down and it and it presses that thing and when it comes out, you look like the fender of a car. You're already shaped like a Chevrolet. Certain model. Not every Chevrolet, but a certain model because that certain die has cast that metal into a certain shape. And be not conformed to this world because this world has a way of pressuring you to make you look like what it wants you to look like. And there's a misconception for a lot of people because the God of this world, the God of this world, is not the God of heaven. The God of this world is Satan. He got, that, he got that position because Adam gave it to him. Because Adam had it in the beginning. God's going to get it back. He's already made it available to the church. But he's got to get something to happen because he's got to get our minds renewed by the word of God, because even though we're in church and even though we have mindsets and we love God or think we love God, a lot of our thinking is still based on pressures that our mind was conformed to in our however many years it's took us to get where we're at right now. And it's only changed one way. What is is that way, David? But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. The mind has got to change. There's got to be a mindset that changes, there's got to be a mind change. Because we'll never rise above our thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you think you're sick all of the time, and you don't remind, renew your mind, no matter how much you, you come to church, you'll still think that you're sick all the time. Because I had a teacher in school, and he said this. He taught in he taught healing school. He said, "God can heal you from cancer of the brain, but He cannot heal you from cancer in the brain." you say, well, that's talking about the same thing. No, it's not. He can heal you of cancer of the brain, but if your brain just thinks cancer, God can't heal you from that. Because your mind's got to be renewed. You've Your mind's got to be removed, renewed on what God can do. Not what cancer can do, but what, what God can do. You've got to allow yourself to, to start thinking in a whole different realm of what God says in his word and and start putting a pressure on it. And as you put a pressure on, on the word of God, the word of God will start putting a pressure on you. And, and how that mind was shaped this way, warped in its thinking, something will start happening because I'm giving place to it and I'm yielded to the metal. This metal, how many of us has got a head like a block of steel? Does it need to be pressed? (laughs) You all had to look around. We all fit the (laughs) bill. It ain't just for just a few select. (laughs) It's for all of us because there's an unyieldingness, but Here's something that happens in our prayer for the ten times more. Ten times the yieldedness. Lord, I want to be shaped into the image. I want to be conformed into the image. And I'm fighting him every step of the way. No, I'm not yielded. See it's something to be able to come to that place in your heart and in your mind and say, "Lord, I'm yours to command. I lay myself on this altar before you. I'm not holding back and I'm not choking. You've seen people, they playing in a game, in practice. The pitcher threw the ball and they swung and knocked that thing out of the ballpark. When the game was going and the pressure was on, they hit that ball and it went straight to the pitcher. Bouncing on the ground. You know good and well, he may have been the best batter on the team. And the coach looks at him and he says, why did you choke? You know good and well, you could hit better than that. My 10-year-old son could hit better than that. He said, you choked. You let the pressure get to you. Instead of yielding to the right pressure, he was conformed by the wrong pressure. And the renewing of the mind is the only way to change that. And the more that we fight, you see yourself in this. See, metal, metal can take its take it shape easier If it's at the right temperature, that helps it to yield. You can get something that's like this and bend it like it's this with the right temperature. And if you don't have the right temperature, you can bend it like that and sometimes it'll break. Because it fights against the yielding to it but the tempering of the metal and the, and the helping it to yield. In God's word, through the renewing of the mind, we start seeing what God is saying. Instead of start us um, fighting against him and resisting him, we start yielding to him. But you won't yield to somebody that you don't think is merciful. You'll still stand your ground. And you'll still stand stiff and rigid because you can. Conf- you, we, you, I, we are not going to submit to that. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. How many times we said that one? You notice know, somebody that tells you what to do every day. You go to the doctor and he says, "Take this medicine." I ain't taking this medicine. You go home and what do you do? Take the medicine. What did you just do? I ain't doing it. I just yielded. That's just one analogy. There's thousands of them that come on a regular basis. The renewing of the mind. Because in the renewing of the mind, there's something that we need to catch. There's something that we need to catch. But if we won't yield to mercy, we won't catch what he's got for us to catch. How many has been raised with a mindset like this? God's going to get you for that. And mercy saying, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to deal with that. Mercy is calling and mercy wants to intervene and mercy wants to do something in your behalf because mercy wants to change a different picture in your mind. Here's what mercy wants to do for us. That you may be able to prove. Your life is going to be a proof because of something that you've proved. Why don't God help me? Every question that we ask? It's a good chance that God is helping you a whole lot more than you think that he is. But a lot of times we're choosing to yield to something else other than yielding to him. See, we only yield to him when we want to yield to him. So we only get from him when we'll allow him to do something for us. See, submission is a big thing. Yielding is a big thing. But I ain't going to do it. Well, you know what I just did? I set myself in a position not to receive. Yeah, but God said he's going to do this. God don't have to do anything except for what his word said that he will do. That you may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect. God wants to use you as a showcase. He wants to use you as a prototype for this world to look at. Of the grace, the mercy of God. So that he can prove what? What is good? What is acceptable? And what is perfect? What is good? What is acceptable? And what is perfect? See, the world is being given all of this information of the way. That it's supposed to look like. And if you don't believe it, you watch different television shows and they said, they said this about the Barbie dial. Anybody remember the long, slender Barbie dial? When Barbie was developed, there was a mindset that was there. And what they said, it was impossible for a woman to look like this. But there was a picture that was cast in children's minds and in adults' minds of what the perfect body looked like. So everybody had this mindset, I want to be like the Barbie doll. I want to look like this. And one of the things that was found out through research was that it was impossible for a person to look like that. Do you look like Barbie? You might not look like what you want to look like. But even if you look like what you want to look like, you still don't look like Barbie because it's impossible for you to get there. But God says, I want you to prove something and I want something to be proved in you. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? And the world will look at us in the church and say, we're in the problem that we're in because of you. That's a mindset of the world. They think that the church is their problem. And it's fed to it and it's being reinforced in the days and hours in which we're living right now more than I thought that I would ever see in my lifetime. Where morality has been thrown out, all of these other alternative lifestyles have been ushered in. We are the old foggy way. Many have been sucked into it. Many have been sucked into it into the church. But God's word has a way of renewing the mind. You say, well, that church stuff just wants to brainwash you. No, it don't want to brainwash you, but it wants to wash your brain. Because there's a lot of things, brothers and sisters, that's been filtered through this thing and have run through this thing, and some of it has attached. But it takes the Word of God to change that mindset from my mind to be renewed because God wants to prove something, what's good and acceptable and perfect. Now, when you think about the ten times more God looks and He said, "I want to prove that in you. What's good and acceptable and perfect? Well, I ain't perfect. I don't want Him to look at. I don't want Him to choose me. Who else He going to choose? You, the only you there are." See, revival is is after wanting to, to change something, stir something in us. And all I'm saying this morning is, let that yieldingness to the Spirit of God open your heart to Him. There's been many times that I've been in services and I wanted to critique the person that was speaking rather than listen to what the Spirit of God was saying. I weren't there on a blessing mission. I was there on a fault-finding mission. One of the reasons why sometimes we think we're smarter than the other one, but the, but if that person's got the word from God right there that we needed to hear, they might be dumb as dirt. They might not know nothing else. But if we got that one thing right and that one thing that I needed to hear from God, that would have been the one thing that would have opened up a whole scenario in my mind. What is that good and perfect will of God? Now, isn't it ironic that the good and acceptable And perfect will of God could be right there in front of your face and you looking at it all of the time and couldn't see it because your mind wasn't renewed to it. Ten times the renewing, Father. Ten times the yieldingness from my mind to be renewed because I need this to happen, but I'm not willing to move and to yield. I'm not willing to let change take place in my life. And if not, I'll stay stuck right where I'm at. Now I'm going to tell you something about David. I have already come to this conclusion and determination in my heart. I'm not going to stay stuck where I'm at. You can stay stuck if you want. But I'm not staying stuck. I've got my expectation on. I've got ten times the expectation. Be willing, be willing, and let the Holy Spirit start speaking these things to your heart. In fact, stand and pray with me. Father, I want ten times the renewed mind. I want 10 times to be the living sacrifice. I want 10 times to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want 10 times, Lord, to experience your mercy. Because mercy speaks to me. And mercy's changing me. Mercy is opening up my heart and my mind that I can receive from you. You're not trying to get things away from me. You're trying to get things to me. You're the one who take, took the time to say, I beseech you. Let me speak to you about this. Let me speak this into your life. Father, I want to yield to you. I want to yield to you. I don't want to struggle and fight. I yield to you. I speak your blessing on each and every life in here. Thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen.